Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the founder of Mission USA. I am still under protest. It's been a long week. Yeah, he's just been wearing that sash, waving that flag. Yeah. <laughs> so joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Hello. Still not joining us. See if you can guess which of these we record at the sa- on the same night. Lee Younger still on special assignment, being a parent, like a selfish <laughs> jerk. And so we will we will soldier on in these absence bravely, so yes. very bravely. Um, we have some amazing questions today, but I must start off with an announcement, Ooh. which is as you listen to this, this will come out on Wednesday, October 17th. I'm currently in a plane on the way to the United Kingdom. Wow. That's right. Uh, so I will I'm be touring around there. I will be in London on Saturday, the 27th. Of October and uh, Sunday, the 28th, and I'll be there in the morning of the 29th. So if you are a Say That Super fan in the London area, which because I'm a boorish American, I assume is all of England. Yeah. I assume it's all just 25 minutes from London. Yep. Um, so if you're there and want to wanna, wanna hang out, want to talk, want to have a cup of coffee, or as I think you call it, tea. Ah. Right. Um, feel free to get in touch. You can email setpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, or uh, you can email me matt at missionusa.com to get in touch and we will uh, we will sit down and do that thing. Yeah. I I was in uh, London a few years ago and met some of our super fans there. That oh. was very exciting. Very cool. You have any you have any tips? Well, cuz I feel I feel when Glenn goes other places he really blends in. Totally. Yeah, well that's that's my whole thing is um international. Yeah. Absolutely. You just like to keep it chill and just really blend. On that basis, I declare an emergency! Is it a chill emergency? No, it's an international diplomacy emergency. You appear to be wearing a f- American flag-themed fanny pack. <laughs> Should I get one of those? Here's the, well, don't call it a fanny pack when you're there. That's what we're talking about. See, this, this is what we're trying to avoid. We, we had a to we... bag. It is... Shown over there. I, that's not a joke. I think that's what they call it. Somehow that's... Way worse to me. <laughs> well, I think here's the thing: you gotta. You're representing America, always. And here's here's the thing, Matthew. I am slightly overweight and very loud. So that helps. <laughs> here's the thing, Matthew. Uh, it's not gone well mm. in terms of America on the global stage. Yeah, it's not. It's not gone well. That's true. We I, need. I thought I'd be greeted as a liberator. No. <laughs> We need all the help we can get. That's we, a joke from the last time it didn't go well. Yeah. yeah. We, we we need you to turn things around. Here. You're saying I really need to really need to put the best foot forward here. That's right. Uh so the 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 main thing is be on your P's and Q's and uh you know, do it good. Okay, like should I just uh march around demanding to know where they keep the freedom? Well, well yeah. yeah, you know, I think that's one thing is like you can go to like a Buckingham Palace and ask that question, like sure. who voted for this lady, you know, et cetera, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I understand one of the. She's German. Y'all know that, right? She is actually yeah, German. Yeah, just point that out. She's cool with that. That's a kind of a, what do you call it, trivia? Yeah, right totally. Um, you know, I think. One of the things you can do is share with them that one of your main inspirations mm. for coming to the United Kingdom is the brilliant acting of that famous British actor, Sir Dick Van Dyke. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. In that brilliant Cockney accent that he would act in that was his own. And uh, I think they'd appreciate that. Sure. Totally. Totally. Any other references from the mid-60s for us? <laughs> well, you know, this, uh, that's a good one, though. I'm probably still angry about that, to be oh, entirely fair. Oh, that, that, that wound has not healed. No. I don't think the, uh, I don't think the remake version's going to improve on that. Sure. No. It's, uh, they, should, I, should I constantly ask people, what's all this, then? Yes. Yeah, yeah, you, yes. You, you could try it's that. Kind of everywhere yeah. I go. Here's here's one thing that they that they love in England is flip flops. Oh, 
As, as, well, it will be October on there, so that would really be suffering for that joke. <laughs> well, you know, as as they say over there, uh, they they would love to see your trotters. I don't know what that is. You like your feet? You know? Okay. Did a lot of people say that to you? No, I I did, but I did read somewhere that that's like a big controversy over there. Sandals or no sandals, because some people are just really horribly offended by the sight of naked male feet. Yeah, that's not right. That happens here too. You guys just don't care, right? Well, that's definitely true. Well, Jed certainly doesn't care because we're on record as saying Jed has really simian like. I got monkey know, feet, people. Monkey feet and proud. It's you know like as the say, parade is so unpleasant. You know, like with with uh, uh, hobbits have the yeah, hairy. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Only just incredibly long. Mm-hmm. You know, germ, almost germ. prehensile. If oh you will, yeah, no, you know. that's completely. So uh, you know, you just show them your big hairy American feet. Just marching around in fifty degree weather. Yeah, yeah. I can actually think of nothing more American than insisting on wearing. Shorts and flip flops, right? I like a very brightly colored short sleeve button shirt. Yeah, I, I'm on vacation, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you're ignoring the possibilities of a muscle shirt, yes. muscle, sure, you know, strap uh, uh, t shirt there, and uh, a good old baseball cap, yes, Absolutely. maybe a trucker hat, yes, if you will, you know, uh, camouflage cargo shorts, yeah, That's the only kind I own, pool slides, yeah, on the feet. Yeah, American flag, but like ones that I paid eighty dollars for for some reason. Of course, right. sure. American flag cut off muscle tee. Yeah, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company trucker hat. Yeah, that's it. That sir is your uniform. Wait for it. Sunglasses with croquis. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's just nice. Oakleys that I put on backwards when I don't need when it's not bright. Yeah, right. Yeah. Even though I'm wearing the hat. Yeah. Yeah, I think I do all that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I think you 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 really want to lean into it and make sure because well, you know, there is actually kind of two different ways you can do this. One is you can you can go and just try and bring healing. Sure. Bring bring the people together. Doesn't seem like it plays my strengths, but okay. Well, then let's explore the other option, which is if you are and behave exactly like the Americans that they all don't like. Then they'll feel good. <laughs> That's like okay. It's totally justified. You're saying that there is some value to just playing to the stereotype. Well, yeah. Like sometimes you really don't like a group of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a word for that, but I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you judge them, but like beforehand, like yeah, you're sure. pre-judging them. Yeah, short word for it. Again, can't remember it now. Uh, but then what happens is you say, I don't know, I don't know these people. And then you find out later, well, they're lovely people, and you didn't right. know what you were talking about. That's a terrible feeling. You don't like that feeling. Sure, and then you're sitting in this Tim Hortons feeling like a real jerk. Exactly right. That's repentance. That feels terrible. Yeah, you don't want that. So I, I think, yeah, if if you are if you just sort of confirm all of their prejudices, they might feel like, you know, I felt bad for thinking this about Americans. I don't but, think anything think that anymore. But, but 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 now that we know it's true, then it's uh... <laughs> okay. So so let me let me just see if I'm picking up what you're putting down here. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be there on a Saturday. Yeah. And when there's the English Premier League play soccer. Okay. Yeah. Then I could go to a, a pub. Yep. And just order a Bud Light yep. and demand that they put on a baseball game. Yeah. Yep. Just start chanting USA <laughs> by myself. Right. Out of nowhere. Right. Just a just a full of Arsenal game, trying to get a USA chant going. Yeah, and uh, and then they'll be like, you know what? That well, we were pretty, right. Yeah, just feels pretty good. You know, we we had that one down, and you know, because you feel a little guilty, because you know, when you're prejudiced, you feel, there's an underlying sense of eh, maybe I'm a massive jerk, right? You know, and I should really cut it out. But then, like, if you proved them totally right, they'd be like, oh, thank you. That's nice, you know? Well, I think there is. I think speaking of of, letting your your prejudice come into this, I will also be spending some time in in the major cities of Scotland, and I'm just hoping not to get stabbed. (laughs) I will be much better behaved. Well, maybe you you should tell them that, like, thank you. For, for not, not stabbing for me. For not stabbing me, because I expected that sure. you would, but then you didn't. <laughs> Some of the tourist guides really uh, really play up the possibility <laughs> of a nice stabbing. I, 
I, you know, I expected fully to be stabbed, and you didn't. You barely, Thank you. you barely knifed me at all. That's right. And I think they really enjoy that. And th- th- again, this is stereotype playing in stereotype because there's part of when you live in Chicago, there's part of you is like, oh, the worst thing that can happen to you is being stabbed. That's Ooh, nice. That's adorable. That's not bad. That's gonna be. That's gonna be fantastically relaxing. That's like going back to the 19th century. <laughs> the fatality rate on those is so low. So quaint. Just a quaint stabbing, ye oldie stabbing. I, here, I brought. I brought. I brought my own top hat. Yeah. Will you put right. on the top hat while you knife me? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do the whole? Can you yeah. say something that rhymes, please? Right. Yeah. Some kind of a. Some sort of a Dickensian yeah. something. I brought my, I brought your cosplay. I'd appreciate yeah. it if you <laughs> yes. if you twirl this pocket watch with one hand, <laughs> stab me with the other. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be good. Well, I think I think we nailed it. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think I, international incident averted. Definitely, I th- I think uh, you're you're welcome, England. <laughs> yeah, gonna get. I have just enough time to get a tank top printed that just says the words 1776 and scoreboard. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And in the back it says, Don't ask if the French were there. Why would you ask that, jerk? Right. <laughs> and you 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 could say, uh, you know, I heard that Britannia rules the waves, but the American Navy is better. <laughs> I can just I can just have a print up of percentage of defense spending by GDP <laughs> and act like that's something to be proud of. <laughs> yeah, well that that convinced them they're fully justified in their, yeah. And on that basis, I declare a, I was going to say something awful, now I'm not. Turns the sea off. Well done, sir. In a way, they're all an, I was going to say something awful, but I did an emergency. This one yes. more so. Yes, when we're making GDP jokes, it's probably time to wrap the segment. Yes. Yeah. One thing that knows no borders... No nationality is Bridgebox. Ooh. It goes out internationally, I'll have you know. We do have Bridgebox subscribers in the United Kingdom, Great Britain, Northern Ireland. We yep. have uh, in your Commonwealth countries, your Canada's and New Zealand's and Australia's, Australia's and all points in between. Wonderful folks who give the um, the donation of $8 a month and get sermons, songs, Bible studies, all sorts of good stuff to support our ministry up here. We appreciate and love all our Bridgebox subscribers. If you want to check it out for yourself, missionusa.com slash bridge box all right we're here to our first question here it comes in all comes in anonymously if you have this all the way to the end i use some ways to get in touch with this first question says what does it look like to follow the lord practically now i think there was a a, a typo here that i corrected the original version said piratically <laughs> so wait a second if, if we finish this one we'll answer the other yes, one yes i definitely want to explore <laughs> the piratical uh, yeah what does it look like to follow the lord practically like i've got my work schedule things to do hobbies and stuff i want to do but i don't know what it looks like to follow jesus daily like what am i supposed to do this moment and the next moment how do i work and play with jesus in my life and jen wants to start off here man this is a great question this is really good and, and i think it's good for a few reasons one of them is you know if you go to church a lot you hear a lot of of exhortations that don't often get the how attached to them. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we need to be with Jesus every minute of every day. Okay. But how do I, how do I do that? Every minute of every day. Noted, but still the, the how part though, um, that that's pretty essential. Hey, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Good counterpoint. Okay. So let's, let's look at it and let's start with kind of a, actually you're talking about kind of the more immediate moment by moment details, but let's actually pull the camera back for a second and ask this, where is Jesus leading you in your life in, in a big picture sense? Because again, um, if we're going to be following, then we kind of, he has to be leading. And, and if he's leading, it would be good to have some sense of where he's leading us towards. So where is Jesus leading you to? If we don't know, that's okay. That's no problem at all. But step one would begin by saying, let's find out. Let's let's start studying the Word. Let's start praying. Let's start talking to uh, wise older Christians in my life and try and get a sense of where is the Lord leading me? Where is He taking me in, in a big picture sense? If we do have an idea, even a rough idea, of, of the direction that, that Jesus is leading us, then we want to ask, how are we engaging in that journey? 
what's our role in that? What's our part in that? What phase are we at in that journey? And how do we participate responsibly in this thing that Jesus is doing? Let's take a look at a weird example for a second, because I think it may help to, to unpack things. Suppose tomorrow morning you woke up and it was explained to you, you need to sail around the world. We're going to put you on a boat two years from right now, and you are going to just go around the globe in this boat. That's got to happen. The future of the free world depends on it. Okay, I think you could actually pretty easily begin working backwards and figure out what you need to be doing. You might start by asking, "Do have I ever been on a boat before? Do I know how to sail? Do I know what rigging is? Do I know how to tie knots? These are all great pertinent questions. Your next thought would be, who can I find that knows about these things? Maybe I should go and talk to those people. Maybe I could enroll in a college class at the community college and learn how to use a boat. These are all good things. But again, the funny thing is, with a big picture sense of this crazy goal you need to accomplish, you could actually begin to suss out a lot of the intermediary steps pretty quickly, pretty readily. You'd, you'd be able to do that. I think there are a lot of similarities with following the Lord where... The more that we can get a big picture sense of where the Lord is leading us, then the more that we can have a sense of what following him is going to look like. So let's take a look at, at, at a more spiritual example. Suppose that you ask the Lord, you know, where are you leading me? What do you have for me? What's, what's the calling that you have on my life? And one of the things that the Lord starts to do as you, as you seek him on that and his guidance on that is to, to place a sense of a burden on your heart for the young people, maybe the the junior high and high school students in your church of just, I'd I'd like some ways to help them. I'd like to, to figure that out. Okay, really, really cool. All of a sudden, we have a bunch of stuff that we can look at. Now, the first thing is, this is one of those crazy moments where actually there are a few lifestyle issues that we might want to look at. Maybe they didn't really matter before right now, but they, they're going to start to matter. If you're a four-pack-a-day smoker, that's going to get in the way, probably, in most cases, of doing much work in youth ministry. In general, they're, they're not going to want you around if you're talking to Tim. If anything, you're going to be leaving every three minutes. That's not helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. So all of a sudden, we have this need to move past the smoking habit that we didn't really have before. I mean, yeah, it's bad for your health and blah, 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 but it doesn't really have anything to do with my spiritual life or anything. So, I mean, who you can tell me my body's a temple. I hear you, but what are we really talking about? All of a sudden, now it actually kind of matters. All of a sudden, it's like, there's a direction God's trying to lead me. There's a direction Jesus is trying to take me in. And now I can see that this would be a barrier to doing that. I can, I can, all of a sudden, I see this thing and I have a sense of motivation about it. In the same way, we can go and we can talk to the youth pastor and we can begin asking, what's it like to work with these kids? And, and what do you, what do you need? And, and, and how, how could I help? And maybe he says, well, you know, the, the thing that we really, really need is we need somebody who can drive kids around. You know, we've, we've got, you know, a lot of them, they don't have their own cars. They need rides. And it's the whole thing. Okay. If your only car is a motorcycle, it's going to be pretty hard for you to drive many kids to a youth group. That's going to be a problem. Now we can look at, okay, do I maybe want to start looking at, can I get a vehicle that can transport more people and that can do that? All of a sudden we've got these decisions that we're making in all kinds of areas of life that are all pointed towards this big picture goal. It's the Lord starting to put this burden on your heart. Now, again, how that's going to play out in your specific life, the details are going to vary wildly because we're just using um, some examples here. But I think the more that we can have that sense of where in a big picture sense is the Lord leading you, where is he taking you to, the better you can have a sense of what it would look like for you to follow him. Absolutely. I think Jed may have prepared to answer the piratically question, which right. is why he had a sailing analogy locked and loaded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it, was, it was all good advice anyway. Hey. I think we'll find there's a lot of overlap between I, those things. I did see him, though, cross out Avast Ye Land Lovers yes. on his notes there. So. Sure, well, but he writes that every time. Yeah. You know what you want to do is make your sins walk the plank. That's how you follow Jesus piratically. Right, right. right you keel haul your bad habits. Right. Okay. I'm out of ways that pirates kill people. <laughs> okay. Well, that's okay. No, that's probably good. Oh, Pastor, why is there an eye patch budget? In this month's <laughs> outreach budget, uh, it's really neither here nor there. So, uh, Glenn, I, I, I think a pair of which I left off. I, I really like the idea of looking at, you know, how do I actually do this? Because it really is an under-described question, and I think this person is is on the right track. 
Mavis doesn't really know where they're going with that, saying, you know, I got the work and I've got the hobbies. So do I have to create a third path? Do I, how do I fold that in? So what do we say to that? Well, first and foremost, I think uh, a regular churchgoer hears a lot about what they're not supposed to be doing. Yep. And uh, per your point, I think we don't hear enough about what do I actually do, you know, that uh, I could avoid all these sins, but does that make me a good Christian or does that just mean I'm not doing anything? You know, that I'm not doing any sins, but I haven't done anything right either. So how Christian is that? Well, you're you're right to look at that because I'm not really that Christian at all. As Jed's pointing out, this is about moving forward and having a life of service. That's that's the whole thing. You're you're going to be down here on earth for a the blink of an eye compared to eternity. This is a very temporary, very brief stop on the way to eternity for you and for me. Uh, it's about making this time count. It's about doing something that matters. And that's about uh, serving God. Now, there are a bajillion different ways of doing that. And according to the Bible, none is better than another. There's what God's calling you to do, and then there's a bunch of other junk you could do. But whatever God calls you to do, is not less important than any other person's calling anywhere else on the planet. Uh, he says that it's like we're all different members of one body that all serve one goal. So whatever God calls you to do is not the sort of plan B, sort of second-rate uh, version of a calling, etc., uh, I think a lot of people have the sense of if you're in full-time ministry, that's the that's the big stuff, and then everything underneath that is just sort of the amateur hour and all of that kind of stuff. Well, the reality is it's about the quality of what you're doing, not the calling itself. There's a lot of people who are called to do something really amazing in terms of bold and assertive and a full career, and then they go out and suck at it really bad and never ask for any advice and never improve at it. There are other people who do things we would perceive as small and fairly insignificant or whatever, that do a fantastic job at it, have a huge impact for the kingdom. But the Bible says there's no difference between one person's calling and another. There's, there's only whether, we're, whether we are going after it or not. So that's time, talent, and treasure, is the old saying. And it works just fine. That, that means uh, maybe you have... a a thing that you're really good at, you're, if you're an accountant and you want to donate those services to a church or to a nonprofit organization or something like that, you can get in and participate in that sort of way. If you have a particular talent, a particular gift, and it may be a hobby level thing for you now, but it's something that would be of use in the church. Uh, last uh, week we were talking about a person who does musical theater. There's all sorts of things you could do within the church on that. Uh, you if if you have if you like uh, building little things out of wood, you can build them out of wood uh, and do that within the context of the church and serve people and bless people with that. And then there's uh, donating money. Uh, and uh, again, if God calls you to do something with money and and who, what, when, and where you you do that, uh, it's 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 about recognizing that any or all these things or any combination of these things that the Lord calls you to are all important. So then, okay, so we, we've got that. We have the sense of there's a calling thing, and that it's it, that's about finding a direction and going in that direction, as Jeb was very expertly lining out there. And and it evolves and it flows as you go. And 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 as long as you're growing and all that, it's all great. We you don't need to uh, hear from us or from anyone else that you're doing a sucky job at it because you're at the beginning of the process and still kind of feeling your way through that. That's if you're if you're on it, you're on it the same as I'm on it. So we we don't look down on that in any way. So from there, once we're engaged in that, then here's where we need to look at how we spend our time. Uh first of all, there's work that you do to provide for your physical needs. So that's uh, you know, if you're volunteering with a youth group, you need to have a day job to pay the rent, to get the food, so you can go do the stuff with the kids. If you only do stuff with the kids and you don't do the stuff that pays the bills, you're going to have problems doing stuff for the kids because you'll be homeless. And it's tough to reach the kids when you're living in a van down by the river. 
so that's it, it's the same thing for us. We're in full time ministry. We have to go out and raise funds to do what we do here. Uh, that's providing for the, those physical needs. It works the same way. So that's what work does. It provides our physical needs. Uh, play time and fun time is about changing the channel. It's about getting our thoughts shifted off of being locked into the same thing. That allows us to uh, meet some emotional needs of just disconnecting from things, but it allows us to re-engage with the things God's calling us to do with a fresh perspective, a new look at things. Uh, we're kind of venting off some of that uh, that uh, time that we where we where we need to have fellowship with one another. We need to relax and let our hair down and so forth. And then the the, the third thing that we need, you know, works for our physical needs, playtime for that emotional needs, and changing that channel. And then there's rest, which helps us meet our spiritual needs. You know, we need to physically rest. We need to emotionally rest. We need to disconnect from things. And we need to have a time where we're connecting with the Lord. All this is refreshing us and renewing us so that we can do our work stuff, so we can do our calling, and we can uh, uh, go out and have uh, uh, fun stuff that allows us to play and disconnect and, and have a better look at things. But all of these things are all serving one effort, which is to fulfill my calling. Everything within that sphere that I'm talking about, all of it serves the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And as we look at uh, specifics, I think Glenn definitely gave us one very useful way to look at that, which is saying, here's what I have, and here's how we can kind of tailor that to, you know, whatever it is. You know, I like working on cars, and there's a bunch of kids in this church who don't have a great relationship with their dad, don't know how to change their oil, and we can do something about that. Or I like, I like baking, and, you know, people uh, always, people uh, in jail always would like to get cookies, so we can do that and the whole thing. The other thing you can do is kind of, try out by where the need is. Um, you, you hear the announcement, you know, we need people to volunteer for the kids uh, ministry at church. And your, if your first thought is, uh, that sounds awful. That's everybody's first thought. Um, it, it's not a, it's not a good job. That's why they have to get lots of rotating volunteers to do it, but you can give it a shot. You may find you're better at it than, than you thought. You may find you like it more than you thought. You can find as, as I was talking about there, you can find a way to do that thing in your way with, with the stuff you bring to it, which is, which is cool. That's, a discovery in that way. We, one thing we would want to say is that to go back to where Glenn started, everybody has these things. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a way that their that their gifts uh, play into it. If you feel like you don't have a, a any kind of bearing on what that is, just start just start trying stuff. You don't have to. Don't make any long commitments. Do the I will help out with this thing for this. And this is really one of the things that a local church should do well. And we is a role that it should be playing in your life has given you a way to try some stuff out to see where that fits. Cause it's, it is a bit of a burden to find the program and know that it's a good one. And that it has, hopefully you can talk to people about that. Or if you are connected with a good church and one of the things they can do is either have a program that you can plug into or know someone who knows someone who can plug into. And uh, if you have no, no, no idea where to start, uh, feel free to, uh, to email back to us and we can, Get some more specifics on that. We're going to jump to our second question here. Comes in anonymously and it says, I've made big positive changes in my life thanks to Jesus. I'm doing my best, but I also have loved ones that are still caught up and they don't believe that God can help them. How can I help them to see that God is real and that he can lead them out of the darkness like he did me? And Jed, where would you start us off here? Well, this is a great question. It's really, really good stuff. And we're really proud of you for the changes that you've already made in your life. That's great. So. Um, the advice is really simple. It's just not easy. And that is live your life and be patient. Boo. I don't like that. I don't either. Nobody likes that. But let's unpack why that's the, the advice. So Jesus said that you are the light of the world. He said you are a city that is set on a hill. Um, no one can, no one would, would light a light and then put it under a bushel basket. You know, it's, it's put up. Everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. And he said, in the same way, let your good works shine before men. And they will see them and they will glorify your Father in heaven. There's a lot of interesting things going on in, in that passage. And what Jesus is saying, at least in part, is when you live differently, Everybody will notice. Everybody. And they'll know that God was involved in that process. They will get that this was a God thing. And the reason they'll get that is people don't really change. So 
if somebody's really changed, then there was something pretty amazing involved in that happening. That's just, that's just kind of how that works. So that's the living your life part. Now let's talk about that patience part. One of the things that very rarely gets talked about, I would say in church, really anywhere outside of addiction recovery circles, actually, is the idea of readiness. It's a funny thing that people can have a change that they need to make. They can know they need to make the change. They can have a sense of where they would begin if they were going to make the change starting right now. They can have all the pieces in place and still look at it and go, I'm just not ready to do that. I'm just, I'm just not in a place where I want to do that or I'm going to do that. The end. And in a free society and respecting that all human, being, all human beings have free will, there's not really a comeback to that. There's, there's not really a way to override that. If, if a person says, oh, I hear you, and you're right, I just don't want to. Well, that's kind of the end of that discussion, which I think for a lot of people is maddening. It's, it's one of those of just, I can't live in a world where you know you need to change, and this is the mechanism that will change you, and everything's laid out, and you just won't. I just can't put up with that, which... I can understand the emotions of, and for what it's worth, I think that's where a lot of weird manipulation stuff in the church comes from, is I can't be cool with you not being ready, so we're going to try and make you be ready. They told me in seminary that if I Bibled it, everyone would do it. <laughs> now I, now I got to kind of go to the scramble here. Yeah, the funny thing, though, is um, if you talk to people in addiction recovery who've been doing that for a minute, um, what they will tell you is trying to force someone to be ready when they're not never, ever works. And, and it usually backfires. Um, they'll express it in different ways. People say about groups like AA that AA is for people who want it, not for people who need it. The idea being every alcoholic needs AA. It's only going to work for people who have decided they're ready for it, who have decided they want it. Uh, we have a, a very good friend who is fond of saying there's a lot of wisdom to it. They talk in addiction about rock bottom. You know, that's when things change is you hit your rock bottom and now, you know, it's, it's going to be different. He says, there's no rock bottom. There's just when you're tired, which is another way of saying it, you only change when you're ready to change. That's, that's it. Okay. So that leads to that patience element. Step one, live your life. Step two, be patient. Because you can't force your friends, your family to be ready to make their own change. They're all seeing yours. The fact that they don't want to make a change isn't because they're not aware of your change. If you're changing, they see it. Uh, particularly if you've been changed for a while, like we can all ignore it for a couple weeks, but if it's been a year and you're clearly a different kind of person, they know. They're, they're all aware. And again, as Jesus said, they're aware God had something to do with that. Um... But that doesn't mean they're ready. And here's the thing. Here's where we get to, again, something that's kind of frustrating, but it's also the truth of Scripture, is what we as Christians believe is it's the Holy Spirit's job to produce readiness in people's hearts. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict people that they need to change. It's the Holy Spirit's job, ultimately, to, to draw people to the Lord. He may use us in that process, but that's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to do that work. God is patient. The Bible is clear about that, that God is incredibly patient. And God asks us to be patient as well. God cares about your friends and your family just as much as you do, and then some. And he is willing to be patient as he brings them to a state of readiness to make a change. And he asks you to keep living that life and setting that good example, but receive the strength to be patient with them the same way that he is with them and that he was with you. It's a really fantastic point. And uh, Glenn, where would you where would you pick us up on this? Well, I, I totally agree with what Jed's saying there, and I thought I think it was really well put. Uh, I think for me, when I see something and then someone else can't see it or won't see it or is choosing not to see it, that's just pure maddening frustration <laughs> for me. It's like, how do you not? see what is so obvious to me. Yeah. And you you feel sort of a rage about it and you feel like, well, let me explain this one more time. Sure. You know? And there's a point where you realize people are moving the goalposts. They don't want to see it. They yeah. you know, they see it but they're not admitting it. They're not acknowledging it. They're they're twisting it around in their head. 
so I think part of this is recognizing that it isn't for a lack of awareness. It isn't for a lack of a wonderful explanation. Uh, people who aren't ready, as Jed is saying, are just not ready. That's that's reality. We need to find a place within ourselves where we can be at peace with that. That sounds antithetical to, to the gospel. It's better to just grab people and say, do this and do it now. The, the, the world could end tomorrow and you're all going to burn. And this, you know. uh, But I think, first and foremost, it's about looking at your life. As, as Jed is saying, people see what's going on with you. A city on a hill can't be hidden. They, they recognize what's going on there. Are you, do you have a life that other people would be envious of? Amen. And that's a point that Jed's made on, on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. If they see you being really, really happy with this new life that you're on, they're going to want it. And they're, they're eventually going to get their way, make their way over to it. That's maybe not going to happen today or tomorrow, but there comes a point where they, they get to that place. And if you've planted that seed and you've done your best to communicate it and, and, and be able to, uh, you know, make that point very clearly and then say, when you're ready, I'm ready. Maybe every now and then you remind him of that. You know, remember when we talked about so-and-so, just so you know, anytime you want to pick that back up, I'm available. This kind of thing. If you've done that, then you ought to be at a place where you say, that's as good as that can be. That's that's as the job is fully done. I need to move on to somebody who is open and and focus on that. But I think we have this way of of saying that uh, being content with that would be unholy. That it would, the holy thing is to bug people and cajole them, and as Jez pointing out, manipulate them into it. There's an interesting uh, verse in the Bible in the New Testament about judging people. He says, who are you to judge another man's servant? And uh, uh, what's being alluded to there is the idea that uh, you serve God and this other person is 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 in service to God, is, is underneath God's uh, umbrella and protection and so forth. He's saying, you let me worry about this person, you worry about you, okay? But there's an interesting turn of phrase in that verse where it says, uh, that, that that servant uh, st- you know stands or falls uh, at at the mercy of and at, at the direction of that master and that and and that that master is able to make that person stand is able to hold this person up god is able to deal with this person that you're witnessing to god is more concerned about their situation than you are loves them in ways that you are not capable of as a mere human being God is engaged in that process. He might like to use you. Uh, he does not want within that for you to m- manipulate and mistreat uh, people as as a, a way of getting that done. But I think uh, part of that then is to ask, is rushing people a good idea? No. It's, it's worth examining that because the, here's the thing— uh, it, let's say I do something to put a little bit of emotional manipulation. Jesus is coming soon, real soon. I'm saying be afraid, right? That's a manipulation move. That's using fear to manipulate. If I do that and you decide to go to church, read your Bible, come forward, make a decision, whatever you're doing, what happens when that fear wears off? My Bible says count the cost of being a disciple. That That's a good thing. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to to take some time and think about it. And I think that's a fantastic thing to encourage people to do. Uh, and, and having that, that piece of I'm taking my time and I'm doing this the right way and, and asking people to count the cost. I think it's a really great point. And just for, for uh, you at home, your reference, uh, the verse Lynn was referring to there is in Romans 14, for uh, Paul actually talks about uh, bearing with people who are weak in their faith, which is, I think is a really good way to look at this. Um, the other thing about some of this is it's it's easy to um, put this on yourself and think wh- one of the reasons people sometimes want this so badly is as a validation of their own thing that they're yeah. on. There's, again, 
you may hear us talking like we're talking about pastors talking to the pulpit and, you know, um, but that idea, if I just lay this out dramatically enough or hard enough, it will make this person see that this was an amazing story and they'll be changed by it, which kind of informs me that it's an amazing story and it's all real. And it's, it's this self-fulfilling cycle. The problem with that, as these guys pointed out is, um, everybody comes to this stuff in their own time. So wanting to, to lean on that super duper hard is just not going to lead to anybody's happiness. The other thing about that is very rarely does someone come to the point uh, where our friend who wrote the question is once they've had put in as many years doing better as they did screwing up. So for you to say like, well, part of this is as, as Glenn's pointing out, cause it's kind of a, percep- a perception that makes us crazy, which say, but I know this is real. So I just want them to see that. But from the outside, if you've been doing great for six months, we're super proud of you. It's awesome you doing great for six months. But if you were a huge jerk for 10 years and you're doing six months on the way better thing, the fact that it is something big and real that happened doesn't actually change the way that looks from the outside. Yep. So some of this, as Glenn mentioned, moving the goalpost, but some of this is people have their own criteria which we have to allow them to have. Um, you can't just say, well, no, no, I, I, I believe I have checked all the boxes that are reasonable for you to believe this. So get believing uh, again. And this is a thing we work with. If you're in professional ministry, you're on this lot. People kind of have to be allowed to have whatever quarrels and doubts and yeah, buts that they have. Now you go yeah. crazy trying to answer every one of those like you're trying to uh, put a key in a lock, but people are allowed to throw up whatever barriers they want. Um, and you don't, you don't get to deny them that you just have to, as we started kind of live your life, stay on that path and they will line up when they line up, which again is a super crappy answer. And I blame Jed. Yeah. He's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to our final question here. Came in anonymously. And it says a video recently went viral of a school administrator talking about a dress code. He mentions Eve in the Bible. By way of explaining this, they've just put in parentheses the word Tennessee. <laughs> and uh, that's someone who lived there for, for yeah, yeah. We, we, I know exactly what you mean, friend. And how that is proof that women, quote, ruin everything, unquote. Man. I know that's not right, but I'm not entirely sure how to refute it. What's the deal with the Eve thing? Now, Glenn, what's the deal indeed? Uh, well... <laughs> I am not going to be able to explain this dude fully. I I feel certain at this point. Uh, I'm going to hope that he was sort of kidding about some of that. Nah, he's just a jackass. I saw the video. Okay, well, uh, yeah. There isn't really a good explanation for that. I think uh, part of what he might be trying to do is to blame women for tempting men into doing bad things? Well, you know how the Bible, Jesus says, if your right eye causes you to sin, then women should put more clothes on. Right. I don't think that's what it says. Pretty sure that's how the Bible handles lust. Yeah. Um, I I think uh, if you want... There, there's a lot of bad sins in the Bible. Uh, they say they're all the same. Uh, there's, some seem pretty bad, though. Sure. Uh I think probably one of the the, the worst ones is uh, you know the, they say the original sin was the taking the the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that they both ate you know after they were tempted and uh, God addresses Adam on that subject and Adam says it was this woman that you gave me it was her now, blames here, God he, yeah. He's saying it's your fault because you gave me this person yeah. here. When you get to the point of you're trying to shift responsibility off of yourself onto your creator. Lord, I feel like we're all a little wrong here. <laughs> right. I mean, that's you you've really you 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 just bless you. You should have had more of that that food, maybe it'd make you smarter. I don't know what, but you know. Uh, this is definitely a case of uh, failing to recognize you are responsible for your own actions. Every single person who's hearing this 
you need to recognize you will stand before the throne of judgment you will and you alone will answer for the choices and decisions that you made now for sure a lot of us come by a lot of uh, bad behavior honestly we were raised in poor homes or we were uh, had less than great parenting on certain issues you know, maybe we had certain trauma or, or things go wrong in our lives and we aren't good with certain types of relationships or expressing certain emotions, all those kinds of things. God's going to be understanding about that. But it's about recognizing I have to take responsibility for my actions and you do for yours. Uh, we can't sit back and say, here's somebody tempting somebody and that's why this is this is going on. Um, uh, here's the, the place I want to end on this. Uh, you're you're asking how I'm not sure how to refute it. I'm not sure that's what you need to do yeah. here. Uh, I think there's I think denouncing might be fairly good and important, or maybe sort of a wry chuckle and sort of a oh that's not it. I you know uh, there was a there was a time uh, I, I I don't know if people can relate to this, but. Just because something is happening wrong around me, I don't often feel the need to say anything because uh, there's it, it, the way I look at the world is everything in every direction is wrong almost all the time. Sure. So if I just pointed that out all day long, I wouldn't have time to you know eat or sleep. So that's my view of the world. But uh, the people who are familiar with the podcast know that a while back I was at. Uh, uh, sort of a dinner party type of thing, and the the men were talking about things that were a little inappropriate about a certain woman, and so on and so forth. And my wife mentioned that to me, and I said, "Well, you know, I didn't join in that. I didn't. I didn't agree with any of that." And she said, "Yeah, but you didn't say anything." So then, from then on yes. to this day, anytime someone says something inappropriate, I stand at attention, and I say. I'm against this in yep. a very loud voice, and people hearing this now think that I'm joking about that. I, not. I'm, I'm not. Nope. I, I will do that. Not I have done it. that ever since. So I think it's if you could do your version of I'm against this, you know, that would be <laughs> really good because this is a good thing to be against and make sure people understand that you're against it. But it's also about recognizing. We don't have to answer a fool after his folly either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we have to recognize there's some people in this world just don't have a clue. We need to make make it clear that that's what this is and that we don't agree with it. But we do need to talk about what's the right and good way of looking at all these things. Yeah, it's all very very good stuff. And Jed, I think there there's a, a bit of nuance here that one's pointing to, which is there is the difference between um, denunciation. Yes, which is good in this case and um fair uh, for us we're, we're we're sitting in chicago none of us have children who uh go to school in this district sure if we did and they were maybe uh well it's people at all but especially if this dude was in charge of uh punishing or not someone's daughter you may have very vociferous denunciation like to the school board right like why this guy was immediately placed on administrative leave and needs to be fired like toot sweet so that's one thing but then there's the larger kind of you know, the, the discussion, the discourse, right. if you will. And I think there is a temptation for some Christians to say, well, I will, I will prepare my argument yeah. and lo, I shall slay my intellectual, uh, my intellectual underlings if they come to me with this argument, but that may not be something we have to do. Not at all. Not at all. To, to the contrary, there's a time to simply say no, full stop. Not no because, not no on the basis of just no. No, we're not doing that. Swing and a miss, champ. As my wife would put it, oh, honey, no. Um, uh, this is, uh, also as my wife would put it, uh, there's a time to call BS on things, which stands for biblically specious. You know, I've heard that. I've heard that as is well. Is that what that stands for? Yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly I what it stands for. it was sure something is. else, but okay. Nope. okay. Yeah, biblically specious. It's, you need to know when to call BS on things, and this is one of those moments. Um, I'm not going to dignify your um, insanely stupid idea by, you know, debunking it. Just no. 
Um, this goes back a few years. Hallie and I were um, with a relative, and I don't even remember what this person was trying to get us to do, but they were trying to, to uh, manipulate us into something they wanted us to do. And it was clear it wasn't going well. And and so this relative thought that they really had, a, you know, they had the big gun now. said, well, I know you both are Christians. And in stereo, my wife and I instantly, no. And the look on this person's face of, oh, that's not, that's just not going to work, is it? No, that's good. That there's a time for that. There's a place for that. It's a lot more often than you'd think. One of the things I think Christians get trapped in is the idea of a Bible off. If somebody comes at me with Bible, then I have to respond with Bible. And whoever has the best Bible wins. That's not how this works. For what it's worth, I can give you a fairly complete and very... um uh, well, if nothing else, considered over a long period theology of what it means to honor your elders and honor your parents and uh, show respect and regard for those who come before you. I'm not going to do that with this relative because that's not what this encounter is about. This is not about a desire to understand God's word and find his ways. This is about a desire to manipulate. And my answer to that is no, full stop, the end. And that brings us to the second part with this, which is really super important. Um, I can't see into another person's heart, so I can't say the following with 100% accuracy, but I would put money on it. Um, This is not about Christianity, this thing that happened here. This is not about Christianity. It's not about lust. It's about power. There's a person who has the ability to force his will on others and just loves doing it. He just loves having power and using it. And he's gonna because he loves it and he has it. Now, here's the thing about American culture. I suspect this is true pretty much everywhere else, but I know it's true in America. American culture can be summarized as follows. If I can get away with it, I'm going to do it. That's American culture and has been for a super, super long time. But there's been a shift and it's really important to understand because it it pertains to this question. There was a time when American culture was, if I can get away with it, I'm going to do it. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. That we, we had that period. And then we had a period where if I can get away with it, I'm going to do it. And I'll try and give you some sort of reason why, well, besides and so forth and studies show better student compliance given a uniform dress code and therefore, and sure. But we have a new thing that um, it's semi-recent, at least in its current version, which is I'm going to do this thing I shouldn't do just because I can. I've got this thing and I've got this power and I'm going to execute it because I can. But then I'm going to try and convince you that it's the morally right thing and shame you for not wanting to go with me on this thing that I'm doing. A couple months ago, we had a person write in the podcast. They were leaving an apartment and their landlord was ripping them off for $100. They had a $100 security deposit that by all rights, they should get back. And it was clear the landlord just wasn't going to do it. Right. And so At one point, American culture was, well, I have the money, I'm going to keep it. So if you don't like it, kick rocks. And then American culture became, well, we would tell a lie and we'd say, well, I mean, if you look at the contract, there's the thing with the besides. And in the third quarter, if you leave before Sagittarius is rising, then we have a fiduciary obligation. I'm sure you understand. But now we have a thing where the response is, oh, I'm a housing creator. So it's, it's like my moral obligation for me to keep this money. And I think you should feel bad that you would even oppose that in any way, shape, or form. It's really important that we be aware of this distinction. And here's why. Is we've gone from one wrong being perpetrated against you. A person is nakedly trying to use power just to control you. To two wrongs being perpetrated against you. They are nakedly trying to use power to control you. And then they're trying to manipulate you on the back end of that. That is a second wrong thing. And it's, here's why we need to, to have that clear sense of, I'm not trying to reason with you. I'm just telling you, no, is I don't have the, I don't have the ability to keep you from this vulgar display of power. If I did, I would, but I don't. So I can't. And, and that, and you know that that's why you're doing this is you love the vulgar display of power, but I'm not in any way going to let you get inside my head. I'm not going to let you pretend like you have a point. We all know you don't have a point. This is a vulgar display of power. And for the sake of my own sanity and for the sake of holding you accountable, I'm not pretending otherwise. This is a wrong thing. You know it's a wrong thing. I know it's a wrong thing. That's what we're doing here. 
I can't stop you from doing it, but don't believe for a second that I'm going to let you pretend you have the moral high ground here. That's absurd. I'm not going along with you on that, and it wouldn't honor God if I went along with you on that. You're a, you are a person doing a wrong thing that you know to be wrong, and you need to live with that on your conscience. Absolutely right. Um, and Jed is entirely right that it does not do really any good to uh, meet uh, insane Bible with real Bible. But just for everyone's own sanity, I will point to uh, Romans chapter 5 that says, Just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. Paul actually says that several times in Romans 5. So not only is the idea that women can't dress a certain way because of Eve insane, it's not biblically accurate to say that sin entered the world through Eve. Every time the Bible says talks about sin entering the world, it entered through Adam. Right. So there's that. Now, that is somewhat important in this discussion, because as both these guys have pointed out, um, when someone says a crazy, misogynist, racist, just insane thing, um, even if it doesn't make their case for them to smear Bible on top of that, uh, the 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 uh, the slightly longer version of what happened in in this case that I, I looked up is basically there was some uh some high school that had a ruling that you no, you could no longer wear athletic shorts mm. and a bunch of guys probably football players because I lived in Tennessee were complaining we can't wear basketball shorts school anymore what a bummer and basically this genius uh, assistant principal goes on Facebook Live which hey. If you're over the age of 18, just don't go on Facebook Live. There's that. Um, and talks about how, well, is these women ruining it for everybody? So as Jed's pointing out, this is a person who, and let's really bask in the sadness of this. This is a man in his 50s who has a, you know, probably a master's degree, has a job this level, who's trying to get the guys on the football team to think he's cool. Yep. <laughs> by talking about how the real problem is these girls being skanks. Right. Nothing this person says has anything to do with anything. Right. So then putting a little Bible on it does not mean you have to stop back and say, well, must I refute this? No, this is an insanely misogynist retrograde attitude, which, again, I know the state I'm from, but even if the Bible does say that, this is a public high school, <laughs> yeah. so who cares? Right. So all that to say, again, these guys are right that you, you don't want to go totally insane um, b- giving in to every little bit of outrage. But again, if you're someone who, if this happened at your school, you need to know that you are in the right. You need to know that this dude's sure. in the wrong and you should, should feel free to say that out loud. And it is also good for our own sanity to have that check say, I'm pretty sure that's nonsense. Can you give me a verse to look at that? And we super can. So uh, you can know that, yes, you are right. This guy is insane. And we can all move on again i will be in london on october the 27th to the morning of october 29th if you want to get together you can email say that podcast gmail.com or matt at missionusa.com if you have a question for us you can email say that podcast at gmail.com or go to the bridge chicago.tumblr.com if you want to leave your question anonymously we're going to take out the song this week it's from our october edition of bridge box this is our friends in the deacons division the song called i won't give up take out that just remember We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast. Stay tuned for the British version of the Say That Podcast. Working title, Blimey, I'm Chuffed. (laughs) I want to give up. Don't want to make change. Surreal. Here we go. Uh, I don't know how to be new. I don't know how to be free. Uh, And how do I live the life that you designed for me? Surreal. Being whole and well, that is the peace that's eluding me. Don't wanna make change. Jesus opened my eyes, help me to truly see. I make a change, but I won't give up. I ain't the same, so I won't give up. So much to learn, I won't give up. Here to the work, cause I won't give up. Each step lead me and I take. Each breath you feed, I'm awake. Each test, I may make a mistake. But Jesus, I won't give up. All day playing, but I try to lose. Ain't no pity, it's the life I choose. Old folks looking at me confused. I'd wide open, I was watching you Walking away, that is what I do When I can't handle what of you Small change looking like voodoo 
I'm like, dude, you so rude. Shame, wrong game on my attitude. My face transparent, hate come through. I'm mad at myself, so I'm mad at you. Take it out on someone, doesn't matter who. Make a statement when I make a money move. Big things up ahead, what I try to prove. Only way to be right is to be new. Wanna give it all up, that's the real truth. I don't know how to be new. I don't know how to be free. And how do I live the life that you designed for me? Being whole and well, that is the peace that's eluding me. Jesus opened my eyes, help me to truly see. I make a change, but I won't give up. I ain't the same, so I won't give up. So much to learn, I won't give up. Ear to the work, cause I won't give up. Each step lead me and I take. Each breath you feed, I'm awake. Each test, I may make a mistake. But Jesus, I won't give up Dreaming of the best, my dream is a fable Outside, out of style, success is a label Me around the wall, who's the greatest of them all? TV, I CBS, cause I don't get cable No one's seen God, but I know he is able God know my heart and my mind, cause he made him Body feels strong, it's my heart that is aching Ain't using that muscle, weight's going up shaky Wait like a water wind, rise all around me Walk to the middle of the lake where you found me Tell me to walk out to you, confound me I say, Lord, save me, cause I'm drowning Lift me out, but my heart's still pounding Please forgive me, I'm still doubting With Wisdom come in that I'm allowing Still small voice but the devil is shouting I don't know how to be new I don't know how to be free And how do I live the life That you designed for me Being whole and well That is the peace that's eluding me Jesus opened my eyes Help me to truly see I make a change but I won't give up I ain't the same so I won't give up So much to learn I won't give up Here to the work cause I won't give up Each step lead me and I take Each breath you feed I'm awake Each test I may make a mistake But Jesus I won't give up